Hey, welcome to the Dork Night. My name is Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here where we talk about everything Batman and sometimes Superman, you know, world's finest. Uh, but we have an awesome show scheduled for you today. We're going to cram two issues into one like mega show and uh, we'll split it into two parts. So uh, stay tuned for part number two, whenever. Anyway, uh, with us today, Mr. Justin, how's it going? How'd you guys like that theme song, huh? Do, 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 do. Dork Night. Uh, I, I I love it. it. It's uh I think I bought that off of um audio. Oh, what the hell is it? Audio anyway, junk. <laughs> audio junkies, <laughs> something like that. Uh, but yeah, I love it. It's a Batman sixty six type of theme. It is so uh, good. Yeah, yeah, without breaking copyright. And uh, powerful Brandon. Hey, that's, that's that's my that's my that's the 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 limit of my David Schwimmer from Friends impression. Like, hey, what's going on, Ross? Hey, now um, do Melman from the uh, Madagascar movie. Oh fuck you, dude! <laughs> <laughs> the Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of eighteen. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Kids, it's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Pages, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Token with my god, man! I can't read all of these! So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dork Eating Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of nerdy goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. Now do the guy from the Paul Bears movie. <laughs> okay, hold on. I think I can do both of them. Hold on. Ready? Oh, Melman oh. from, from Mad Madagascar. Hey. There you go. What? Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. That's and like the, that's uh, like the same thing, but from a giraffe. The the Paul the the Paul Bear though. Um hold on. Let me. Mm. Mm. Uh, hey. All right, yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. That's literally all I can do. <laughs> like I like I like to think I'm pretty good at impressions. I can't go any further than that with David Schwimmer. <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, run so a break. <laughs> hey everyone, uh, I'm powerful Brandon. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> 
Uh, and, and if you've been, you know, listening or watching our show, uh, you know, because we will get the video episodes up at some point. Uh, but, you know, it's two people that absolutely adore Batman and uh, Brandon. And Brandon. Know, so. yeah. Yes, I think that's the most apt description I've ever given of this show. The Dork Knight, <laughs> where two where two nerds get together and talk about all the things they love about Batman and I am there (laughs) i'm just i'm just gonna say this you still haven't ruined it for me yet you know and i mean i feel like like that that chip zadarsky book might but uh you haven't ruined batman for me hey i've my my goal has never ever ever been to ruin batman for anybody i i think it'd be just a byproduct yeah my i mean sometimes it would be a pleasant byproduct but it's never the goal Uh, my, my goal is to be the, the bat anchor for, for the bat boat. I am, I am like, uh, gravity and, uh, and atmospheric friction I see where you're to the realistic version of Batman trying to travel through <laughs> space and the earth's atmosphere to land on the planet's surface it's impossible it wouldn't happen he'd die that's me i'm i'm reality but snow <laughs> but he landed on the snow and that's soft <laughs> yeah or maybe if you're fucking waiting in line to see santa at macy's christ on a cracker how about a football oh <laughs> <laughs> what are you crazy kid you shoot your eye out well, uh, just a heads up, Failsafe is on the list to 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 read. So okay, all right, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I'm I'm enjoying these. We're we're doing today uh, the Penguin version of uh, One Bad Day, correct? Yeah. So that's what it says in the in the caption. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, I mean, we so far we've read uh, Riddler, which we absolutely loved, and uh, then Two Face, and which we uh, absolutely which, read. Yep, yep, it, it it was a thing. I gotta know? get the papers. Get the papers. <laughs> it is. It was certainly one of the comic books of all time. Yeah, I mean, just uh, one of them. I don't know. I didn't expect it to make me that mad, but it really did. Yeah, it, it it wasn't good, but you know, I would say Penguin, and it sounds like we agree. Penguin was like a breath of fresh air. Uh, Jerry Jerry Duggan did this one, right? Was it? Was, uh, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, he did. Oh, the he, next. Did, oh, he did. Okay. He did freeze. This was uh, John Ridley. John Ridley and art by Giuseppe Commune Coley. Coming, coming Coley. The uh, the art in this is really specific to like a penguin style and it kind of shows him in a way and you see him and he's kind of non-assuming and everything's kind of ugly a little bit and it is perfect for this story well i i wanted to get into that but uh before we do that john ridley i did a little digging so he's actually he's a screenwriter a director a novelist a showrunner and a comic writer uh he's known for writing 12 years a slave and uh yeah, and uh, he's a creator of American Crime. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he's done. Uh, let's see, I have his. I am. I think I have his IMDb. Yeah, I knew the name. I wasn't sure what I knew him from. Yeah, so uh, John Ridley uh, is an American screenwriter, television director, novelist, and showrunner. 
known for 12 Years a Slave, for which he won an Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. He's also the creator and showrunner of the anthology series American Crime. And in 2017, he directed the documentary film Let It Fall, Los Angeles, 1982 to 1992. He also Um, also wrote Undercover Brother. I I would just like to put out there. My favorite. I love uh, that. I love that movie. The the yeah. sequel was 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 terrible. I've not that. seen the sequel. I have dude, not dude, seen. Do the yourself sequel. a favor. Pretend it doesn't exist. And never, yeah, and never watch it. I, I'm way ahead of it's you. Like <laughs> it's like they tried to meld it with Black Dynamite, and it just mm-hmm. it didn't work. But um, the original Undercover Brother, easily one of my top ten comedies. I love it. I, yeah, I, I I love that movie. Um, it was so funny to me as uh, Undercover Brother at the beginning of the movie. He's he's uh you know slinging around his whip and he's he's rocking out to p-funk and (laughs) drinking an orange soda and i'm like hold on wait a minute all right wait wait hold on there are some things we're gonna need to agree on here as me being a white man and this gentleman being a black man uh who is clearly in love with the 70s still because I do that. <laughs> like I drive around in my gold colored vanity plated Jeep Grand <laughs> Cherokee listening to P-Funk, P-Funk All-Stars and drinking fucking Fanta to the top of the fucking rim. Like <laughs> like I'm seriously like I'm the guy walking around going, "We want the funk." <laughs> like how, how do we know you're not undercover brother? You know, <laughs> I mean, I am more like uh, what's his name, Lance, the intern. Yeah, the intern. Sure. Yeah, damn it, <laughs> ripping throats left and right. Uh, so, so apparently, he began his career with stand-up comedy in New York. He made appearances on uh, Late Night with David Letterman, Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and then he moved to L.A., uh, where he began uh, writing sitcoms as Martin, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and The John Larroquette Show. Nice. That's a that's yeah. an under that's that's an underrated show right there, The Larroquette Show. Don't don't forget too that part of uh, his TV career uh, in in starring with Martin in '93, which was like the first show that he wrote a few episodes for. Um, he did make his way to the DC animated universe, and it was because of his involvement, his being brought in for uh, Milestone Media's cartoon Static Shock. Static Shock. Yep. And um, Dwayne McDuffie, having worked on that, was brought into the fold for DC Animation. And likely, I would say, it's, it's it seems very likely that he liked what John really was doing with some of the Static Shock stuff and brought him over. And I think he wrote at least one episode of Justice League, like the original oh, Justice cool. League cartoon. Yeah. Wow. So... That that's probably how his involvement with DC started altogether. Yeah, and uh, for DC, he uh, he wrote for the Batman series, uh, the next Batman. Oh, that uh, makes sense. Okay, uh, and I believe also I am Batman. Uh, also, Future State, and the other history of the DC universe. Um, an excellent series. Excellent series. There's a lot of uh, was this Jefferson uh, Pierce? Yeah, it's uh, uh, B- Black Lightning. Yep. 
And, yeah. Uh, he he also wrote uh, for the Authority for Wildstorm. Oh wow. As well, yeah. So I mean, the guy, the guy. Well, maybe he'll write the next one for uh, the movie that uh, James Gunn's going to do. We'll see, won't we? Oh. Uh, yeah. It's Correct. funny too because oh, everyone. Okay. You know what's you know what's funny is the authority was was named as like uh you know one of the projects that they're gonna be moving forward with in the, the DCU. Uh and everyone keeps saying uh about Superman Legacy, like, oh I don't know, this seems kind of kind of like overloaded now. We we're gonna have this character and this character and all the authority showing up. I don't recall seeing anywhere where it was absolutely stated that the authority was going to be in Superman Legacy. I don't believe so either. Yeah. I, I, people are, it's, it's a jump to conclusions, Matt. You can just throw it down and jump to your jump, own conclusions. Jump to any conclusion you want. <laughs> uh, just last, John uh, Ridley is now writing. Actually, I, I don't know if he's currently writing for it, but he is uh, writing for Black Panther. Ooh. Apparently, apparently he wrote uh, quite a run on Black Panther. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, um, he's a very he's a very talented writer. Uh, he and I appreciate honestly that he has had uh, no qualms about re relaying his own personal experience. This is not just a man, but a black man through the prism of the comics that that he's written, especially with the other history of the DC universe. Once again, fantastic. Uh, miniseries. He actually did that with Giuseppe Camoncoli from oh, Batman nice. One Bad Day. That makes sense. Um, so they had a, a good working relationship before this. Uh, and it, it's right up there with, you know, uh, Tanahisi Coates. Like, guy is incredibly intelligent and he he has such a succinct way of of explaining and comparing things. Uh, that if it, honestly, like he, I've seen him speak and, uh, he does, he, he's not condescending. He, he speaks very plainly in, in very easy to understand comparative language to try to break things down. And, um, I really hope that there's room to bring Ta-Nehisi Coates in to, uh, to some of these projects, just like I hope John Ridley, if, if that's the case, uh, because I do think the, the more variegated voices for men and women, um, from all different areas of, of communities throughout this entire, not just this entire nation, but this entire world, it's, it's really going to be a value to what we get from these stories moving forward. Cause quite frankly, everything's starting to feel homogenized and we need to start having all different kinds of characters that are already there being brought forward and brought to life. And not just that, but by people who may be the best qualified to do so, you know, like, you know, Dwayne McDuffie, was fantastic working on Static Shock because he was part of Milestone Media and he understood the experience of being a young black man and what it would be like to deal with that same power fantasy that every other 13-year-old boy out there has. Um, 
I, I, I think if Static Shock were written by Mark Wade, it would be a very different comic book altogether, as much as I love Mark Wade. But, you know, you kind of sometimes need to have the, the, the real world weight behind it to, to give it like actual meaning. No, I, um, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think John, John Ridley with the different, not just the different comics and shows, but some of the, the novels and, and essays that he's written. Um, he, he brings a unique perspective to the penguin here. Um, as we, we know that the penguin uh, he he actually came from an affluent background, but he always looked a little weird, and so he was always mocked and left out based on the way that he looked. And I think a lot more of us can can relate to that than some people might like to admit. Uh, and that it that can be a very universal and very unifying feeling. And mm-hmm. he taps directly into that with this story, and and I was very impressed altogether with it. Well, uh, and the art was amazing. So uh, just real quick, uh, Giuseppe, uh, he's an Italian comic book artist best known for his work on the Marvel Comics Amazing Spider-Man and Superior Spider-Man. And he also worked on the DC Comics Vertigo series Hellblazer. Uh, He illustrated The Storms of Chai, the last installment of The Lone Wolf. He's worked on uh, Swamp Thing, Robin, Batman, 52, a bunch of stuff. Um, but I think the art was excellent in this. Um, before we get into the story, I just wanted to bring up, they, they don't really say when this happened, uh, but if you are following the Zdarsky run, um, so in issue 125, the actual very first issue of um, the Zdarsky run, um which uh, this is actually the beginning of, of failsafe. And actually the reason why failsafe activates is uh, because um, Penguin makes it look like Batman kills him. So I'll just. Man, he looks so much like Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. I know. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> um, let's see. Where the hell was it? Who was no. that? Was that, um, was that Cassie there? Or is that Selena? No, it's Sel- yeah, Selena. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, where the hell was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Batman's visiting uh, Penguin in the hospital. Uh, they're having an argument, and uh, he takes a cyanide pill, uh, thinking that he can ruin Batman. So he essentially makes it. He, so far, we think Penguin kills himself. Uh, but as so we what learned, does that have to do with the Umbrella Man? If if Penguin did this to himself and he's thought dead and all that, it doesn't sound like the Umbrella Man part. And then then also like the end too, like the part with failsafe and all that. That's not mentioned at all in this. No. Okay. So so maybe it's like I don't know. Hmm. Actually, you bring up a good point. Maybe it has nothing to do with this. Okay, forget that. Because <laughs> it was the Umbrella Man in that failsafe thing. No, uh, Umbrella Man. This is his only appearance. Oh, okay. So it's it's just kind of like a weird thing. I mean, I I love the part when he gets to the end and he talks to Batman. And he, or I guess it's not the end, but it's like three quarters of the way through. He just has that conversation with Batman, and Batman leaves with his cape between his legs. I was like, ah. <laughs> 
was like, damn, you just you just out logic him. Yeah. The the you know the the demon you know. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. But it shows the difference yeah. between the penguin and Batman's other nemeses, you know. And, and, and he discusses that in here, and he's like, "Yeah, everybody respected me. You know, Joker wouldn't mess with me for this reason." And you know, I'm like, "That's great." And, and this this was cool. We should probably like talk about the the stuff that's going on on screen. So yeah, yeah, totally. Like, uh, well, I mean, we'll kick it off. Uh, you know, Penguin is is trying to make his way back into Gotham. Um, he buys a gun with just one bullet. And uh, you know he 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 buys he, a, to... he buys a, a janky like thirty eight special for twenty bucks with no bullets, and when he complains about there being no bullets, the uh, the street tough that sold it to him is like, all right, fine, here, here's one bullet on the house. Try not to spend it all in one place. Did you think it said replica on the side of the gun like I did? <laughs> It's great that you got me this 38 special, but why does it have an orange cap on it? <laughs> Seeing it's how my gun says Desert Eagle 0. .50, and yours says replica on the side. <laughs> uh, why does it say Sega on the side? Sega! <laughs> exactly what kind of revolver is a Nintendo Zeeper? <laughs> Will we see a return, uh, Brandon, two weeks in a row of the Super Scope 6? Oh, if, <laughs> oh man, I hope so, right? Uh, only time to tell. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, there were there were two instances in the week where I saw old-style guns from things in my, in my childhood. And one of them was fantastic. The other one was Nemesis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For for anybody that hasn't seen Blue Beetle yet, if you go to watch that movie and you like the fifth element, yes, pay close attention to the gun that forms on Jaime's left hand at one point in the movie. I, I looked at, at everybody next to me and I go, what about the red button on the bottom? And nobody <laughs> got it. See if they were rail killers. They asked about the red button on the bottom. <laughs> have you seen blue beetle leo no 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 i so want to see it it's why, good yeah why, why would you man jesus christ it's not it's it's one of those movies where it's not like like yeah there's some holes yeah it's like you know it's got some cheese to it it's got like all that good stuff but it was a fun watch man they had that original shazam sort of energy oh nice i yeah i need to see it before i go back on I, w I will say this without a spoiler on it um no no spoiler stuff but um, the the big throwdown between you know Blue Beetle and and the big baddie at the end, they rectified a big problem that a lot of other superhero movies do have when it comes to that stuff. And uh, when you finally get to them, guess what you feel like you're wa you're watching because you actually are two real people. Well, that's gonna say a hero, you know? Yeah, two real people. None of that. Wonder Woman going up against an all fucking CGI Aries type bullshit going on, you know? Oh, you just remind me of something when you said you hated uh, Sabine. I was like, oh yeah, who is that that I didn't like? And I'm like, oh yeah, Milagro. I didn't like her. Yeah, yeah I get yeah. it. Yeah, I'm like, you guys went a little too far with that one, and uh, you know. 
I, I get it. I'm sure I we'll get, get to that though. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll try to. Hopefully, I can get away to watch it this week. But uh, getting back to so Penguin, he he's trying to make his way back into Gotham, and uh, he he meets. Uh, he tries to get to an old associate, trying to get his what two hundred fifty thousand dollars back. Not, no, I think it was like no, 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 five, no, no. Right? No, at this point, he is going to this guy because he's one of the henchmen that sold him out to Umbrella Man, and he asks, how much? How much did it cost for you to sell me out? Oh, and he says, yeah, he sold him out. 20, 25000 He goes, give me what you have left. I need it. And he's like, all right, man, or keep it cool, keep it cool, you know, just uh, let me, I'm just going to go over to this drawer and open it up with with my back to you and everything's above board and he's like yes yes whatever just get the money and he goes to get the money quote unquote get the money and uh he wheels around and tries to shoot the penguin misses and the penguin shoots the kid directly in the head which i thought was a fun little star wars reference i shot first oh i got that too yeah for the record i shot first uh, and then he takes the kid's gun because he only had the one bullet with the 38 special that he purchased. And uh, he takes the kid's gun, opens the clip, looks at it. And three bullets. Um, the Actually, I shouldn't say clip. There's um, ma- magazine. He opens the magazine, looks at it, and there's three bullets. He's like three fucking bullets. And then he takes a look in the drawer to take the money that the kid has left. Ten dollars. Two five dollar bills. So he just he went from uh, zero dollars in one bullet to uh, ten dollars in three bullets. So everything is coming up, Oswald. <laughs> uh, he tells this story to uh, and the two hundred fifty uh, came later. Um, my apologies. Um, so the um, lady of the night that um, was waiting for him, he tells him the story how he's gonna take back Gotham, um, and uh, she thinks he's crazy. And uh, takes five dollars from his ten, so he's down to five. And uh, we're off to uh, Batman, where uh, Batman is having a very busy night. Turns out that uh, with Umbrella Man in charge, he he's not keeping the order like Penguin was, and uh, he he has uh, many stops for tonight. Uh, I think he gets to the point where actually wasn't he talking to him where he's working all night. Or is that later on? Yeah, was that is that Montoya that he's speaking to later on? Yeah, yeah. And you know, she says to him like, "How many nights in a row have you been up?" And in Batman's response is like, "I don't know. I lost count about a month and a half ago." I'm like, Eek. all right, micro naps. Now, uh, Penguin visits a a uh, old associate. This is where it comes in. Uh, is it Lily? Lily. Lily. Yeah, Lily. Oh, that would be. I I was not Lily or Lily. (laughs) Is I think this is a a totally unique character, right? Oh, so like uh, when we did that other Batman book with the uh, the woman that can kill you by touching your DNA. (laughs) Yes. Now, uh, now, what were you saying, Justin, before that? So she's unique. Yeah. Yes. Okay. She was created for this. 
Yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of like a baby doll, but she has like these big fists. Uh, so she's like a smaller character that looks like non-assuming, but her fists become huge and she gets like super strong and just full out bodies these henchmen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let me uh, let me double check just to make sure. And she's got kind of a 1960s Susan Storm haircut. Yeah, a bob with bangs. Who's Susan Storm, you ask? <laughs> Just kidding. We already oh did it. We already did it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, uh, do they, they reference her later as Buster, right? Buster, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, she she's unique to. The I story. thought it was like a blockbuster type thing, so I'm like, did I just miss that? You know, like uh, how they have like blockbuster the character. You know, yeah, no, I mean this is this. I know you, I know what you mean, but uh, I mean it doesn't seem to be the case. This is her first appearance ever. Doesn't say single appearance, so she must have shown up at some other point in a Batman book. Oh, how about that? How do you like them apples? Applesauce, motherfucker. <laughs> So, so, so yeah. what I love it. Oh, sorry, go for it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. What I was going to say is that, you know, one thing I loved about the story is you have the continuing current storyline and they mix in his, his, uh, uh, sort of like origin story in between as well. We get to see more of his past. Uh, yeah. what, what did y'all think of that? I liked it. I mean, it's, I like, I like when you get to go deeper on characters like the penguin who are not, there because of any particular tragic backstory and and to see his bad day like we saw with the riddler it made a lot more sense for his character and when he has his revelation that everybody was there because his parents gave him a hundred dollars he didn't get angry he didn't get traumatized he realized money was going to be how he manipulated everything and i'm like that's a great origin story he's just a piece of shit you know it's like <laughs> Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books? Then Epic Tales from the Sewers is a podcast for you. We cover the comic books, video games, movies, cartoons, and anything else turtle-related. We talk about the toys, we talk about the cereal, we talk about all the fun things about turtles that we love so much. So give a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, part of the Epic Airways podcast network give a listen dudes cowabunga is this podcast for you well bet well bet yeah that's like well bet and and that's that's what i appreciate about it because it's like they're not going for something else to be like like the there was this uh legend of the dark knight series like many years ago where sam keith had this whole thing about like an abusive father you know, and, and it had like penguin, like learning to box and stuff. And he was like, I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool if we're going for that. But this is just like a different departure from there. It's like, no, he's just a smart guy. He's the smartest guy in the room. He's using every resource that he can and he's winning. I like it. 
frankly, I like it. <laughs> no, that's my sheep. <laughs> I'm experiencing a sensation that's altogether new to me, and frankly, I like it. <laughs> oh, look, I had it here the entire time. Breach hull, I'll die. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Enough of enough of that. So, uh, so that that's where he went to go see his old uh, head of security, Frank. Right, and and he was like, "Yeah, we're not going to do this." <laughs> yeah, and Frank's Frank's got a bunch of former henchmen there, and it's just like you know his whole thing is like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's great that you came here and you thought you'd make me that offer, but uh, counter offer, go fuck yourself, and we're gonna we're gonna jack you up." And uh, to which Ozzy is pretty much just like, "Oh yes, of course." Um, Lily, <laughs> he's just he's just perpetually underestimated at every turn in this book, and you can just see everybody making that mistake every time. And, and he's like, aware of it. Yeah, he's using it to his advantage the entirety of the time. You know, and and she she goes house on them. She she brandishes her fist and she's like, "It's Buster in time," or yeah, kind of. Something along those lines. You know, she's got the Susan Storm haircut and the Ben Grimm fist. You see, Leo, those are two characters from <laughs> Cosmic Rays. Uh, so, so she says, go ahead and call me Buster. So I guess that's the name she does not like to be called. And earlier uh, she made a Buster, comment about uh, what it is you know, right now. Sorry. <laughs> I don't get that very much. I mean, we could we could have gone with that or Buster Poindexter. So, you know. Hey, look, it's the penguin. <laughs> hot, hot, hot. <laughs> Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel. That wasn't you. That was Little House on the Friggin' Prairie. <laughs> <laughs> the courtship of Eddie's father. <laughs> oh, man. Recording the movie Scrooged, by the way. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Fucking timely, timely references. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, so we'll, we'll move on. This is where Batman is talking about <laughs> yeah. Montoya. <laughs> yeah, he meets Montoya, who is uh, the commissioner, I guess. But I mean, wasn't wasn't she supposed to be the question at some point, or is that that's all before the new fifty two? Oh, okay, so that's it. it. Yeah, it's, it's one of the one of the shames of the new fifty two is the fact that they negated Renee Montoya becoming the question. They they really actually paved the way for her that being a legacy character and in, in Vic um, Morrow, no Vic Sage, Vic Sage, oh, Vic Sage, Sage. Um, passing down the mantle of the question to her because I mean it makes sense she was also a detective you know that was and, awesome actually like I loved yeah. it <laughs> they became friends and she was one of the last people that saw him alive she spent time with him as he was dying it turns out like. He, he he developed emphysema because he wasn't too careful with the jingle that he had been using for forever. Um, well, it's funny, too, because it's like we were talking about this earlier, and I think both Grant Morrison and Mark Wade had a hand in writing that that story. So between I think I think Mark Wade did the jeez um, uh, in 52, he did the uh, Ralph Dinby stuff. And I think Grant Morrison did some other stuff. And, and one of them touched the question. I know that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Ralph, Ralph, it's all it, it's always been amusing to me that within the confines of the DC universe, there's really only two individuals who 
we've ever seen doing anything with with gin gold and that's ralph dibney the elongated man and the question and both of them are detectives yep they both use the jingled in order to enhance either their appearance or their abilities which makes them a better just overall detective not even crime fighter just detective uh in the grand scheme of things and that was what made it really cool seeing renee montoya take over the persona because it wasn't about jumping off rooftops and beating up bad guys. It was all about skulking in the shadows and gathering information to figure out the answer to whatever the question was at the time. It was real pulp novel kind of stuff. And there's a lot of that that's sadly missing from a lot of today's comics because so much of it is just flash and bang. You know, we. Well, the cool thing about this one is you can see in these panels here that. Penguin is a step ahead of Batman and Montoya. You know, like Batman has his suspicions on who it might be, but Penguin's already two steps ahead at this point, and he's moving on to the next location. Oh, yeah, they're playing Chinese checkers while fucking Oswald's like fucking (laughs) 40 chess over in this bitch, for sure. Farisi squares. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the Latinum? This is just worthless gold. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> uh we get to see the tail end of uh buster's uh busting up and uh she she definitely does a, a job on uh the henchmen there i guess you enter say, in the best character <laughs> buster really busts loose yeah and then the best character in this is uh you know what's his name ethan <laughs> yeah the the wee Huey of the group. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So th- this guy just shows up at the end. He's like, hey, I'm looking for a job, guys. Uh, what What's going on? And, Please don't uh, shoot me. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like a beatnik or something. He looks like that guy from um, uh, Iron Giant, right? You know, just like all black uh, turtleneck and all that, like uh, slick sort of uh, uh hair he's like yeah i'm just looking for a job i want to prove myself and all that and penguin's like yeah i could use this guy and if he dies i don't really care yeah (laughs) yeah the worst the the best the best case scenario he could he could really show his medal here the worst worst case uh he's he's fodder (laughs) that's that's okay yeah he looks like a wuss and it's like no 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 he's gonna be great you know yeah, I mean, if anyone should say, like, hey, don't judge a book by its cover, it's Penguin, you know. He, I, I'd say, I'd say uh, there was some prevailing wisdom to, to what he said to Lily in, in these, uh, these panels here, for sure. It's like, hey, give the kid a shot. We'll see how it works out. And, and this is definitely a semi-redemption arc for him. Like, it's not a redemption arc in terms of, like, he's turning over a new leaf for you know what he's doing other than just how he's treating people from his past where he was really awful Mm. to them now he's finding a way he's like all right i've got to humble myself and and do this the right way yeah and so we you know we see that penguin with his with lily and ethan he makes his way to where he left his you know last stack of cash um a a launder you know money launderer 
uh, and he's approaching the guy. What was it? What's his name? Johan. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I want my, I need my $250,000 that I gave you. I, I need that. And he's like, Oh, I couldn't possibly do that for you, Mr. Cobblepot, because, uh, well, technically that money now belongs to umbrella man. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that ironic that you need to, for such a rainy day. And Cobblepot's like, yeah, yeah, I technically sure. But literally it's mine. So give it to me. And, uh, that's when Johan's like, oh, okay, well, counter offer. How about I give you nothing? And then I have my henchman here, my henchman, uh, drag you out back and put bullets all throughout your body where I offer you as a gift to the umbrella man, showing him exactly how loyal I am. Okay, have a good night. Bye bye. And that's when Penguin, who said to Ethan, listen, the code word is Elliot when we get in there. If I say Elliot, you oh, start that's shooting. Elliot. Yeah. And keep in mind, he gave Ethan a gun. It's the same gun that only has three bullets in it. And Johan calls out his uh, half a dozen henchmen, and, and he's like, all right, Elliot. Elliot. And Ethan's like, huh? He's like, Elliot. Elliot, Elliot, Elliot. <laughs> and and uh, he's like, oh, that's right. And he goes, he's like, Elliot, I don't know. I don't think I can do this. He goes, Elliot, the they all just called you a, a, a what is it, a, a puny, a spineless, it? unloved little milk stop. Little milk stop. <laughs> he, he's like, leave me alone, Timmy Gunn. <laughs> Timmy Quinn. <laughs> Take that. Take that, mom. Take that. Bang, bang, bang. Shoots, shoots all three bullets. Doesn't hit a single henchman. And then all the henchmen are like, yo, what? That dude is crazy. Yeah, we're not fucking with him. <laughs> to which I'm like, that makes no sense to me. But okay. Um, well, and they, I, I love it how the penguin like just adds to it where he ma makes mention like, oh yeah, he worked for the Joker, but the Joker got rid of him because uh, he thought he was too unstable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> fucking classic. <laughs> but yeah. Uh... In and so they they make their way out of there, and um, he doesn't get his money. Uh, but doesn't he? Doesn't he, gets, he, ask, he gets the money on um, uh, a card, it, Bitcoin. Oh or something yeah, like that? yeah. It, it's it's basically on like a fucking Visa Mastercard. He like, gets a green dot card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like one of those gift cards that you buy in in CVS or the something. vanilla, you know. <laughs> He gets the Russell Simmons green dot card. Reload your balance. Free with two henchmen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, the banker goes uh, to the umbrella man to uh, tell him, you know, what happened. Uh, you know, Penguin was crazy. And uh, umbrella man just caps him. And uh, emotionless, you know, it's just. He just he just thinks that uh, that he's untouchable and that no one can do anything to him, so he just kills the guy right then and there. You know, yep. you can see that his his modus operandi is a lot different than uh, than Penguin, but um, he knows where Penguin's heading, and he's going to uh, send his henchmen um, to go and kill the people that could possibly or possibly not be aiding the Penguin, which uh, is a big mistake. Meanwhile, as the henchmen make their way towards Peg Penguin's next destination, hench, 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 hench. <laughs> uh, and uh, so Frida, uh, it, it's Frida's group, right? 
Yeah. Is, yep. uh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Frida. Yeah. Uh, so Get on the Penguin... nose, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Penguin goes there because uh, her group is, is uh, the best in town with, uh, with the weapons and he wants to hire them. They want nothing to do with it, but just in case, you know, Penguin leaves his phone and leaves the money anyway. And uh, that's uh, where, yeah, uh, Umbrella Man's henchmen come in and waste a bunch of them. And they have second thoughts about going to help the penguin. Those second thoughts being, maybe we should go help the penguin. <laughs> like, let's be clear yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they killed everyone uh, yeah. except Frida and, and two other women that were part of the crew. Um, and I actually thought this was kind of cool because she she strolls in. She's like, he, you know, he he had them. They're all dead. He had them all killed. And we're what's left. And um, this is the difference right here between Umbrella Man and Oswald Cobblepot, because Oswald looks at her and genuinely says, I'm sorry. Given the situation. Is it okay if I give you a hug? And her response yeah, is, "That was good. I'd appreciate that." And and he gives her a you know just a really nice caring hug. Um, whereas this guy, he doesn't breed loyalty, and it also kind of shows that the penguin is kind of learning from his past mistakes that brought his downfall, according to what this story is. Uh, the reason why it was so easy for the um, for Umbrella Man to snake the Penguin's empire out from under his feet is because he treated everyone like shit. Yeah. And uh, you can't do that when that relationship is really symbiotic. You know, he needs those people and they need him. Uh, easy enough to replace a figurehead. But sometimes devil you know is exactly. better than the devil you don't. Greetings and Shabibans. We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a long-form bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. Yeah, that sounds good, but I don't know what all those words mean. I think what Parasite seems trying to say is that on Retro Reductopus, we explore a range of retro goodness, from toys, video games, and movies, to cartoons, and even snacks and school lunches. Oh. And we do it all with a positive spin, a slew of killer guests, and some <clears throat> very adult language. And you know what else is cool? No. This crazy show is part of the Dorking Podcast Network with new episodes every technical Tuesday. What's that? And if waiting two weeks for a new episode gives you a sad, know that we drop bonus episodes all the time, like the off-format Crow's Nest and an interview series we call The Brick. You can listen to Retro Octopus on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any app that's cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> back to Montoya and Batman. And they're having a little discussion about what's going on. And I think this is the point where Batman actually figures out that it is the Penguin. Yeah, and he says, I'm going after Penguin. And uh, the the Batman scenes are very minimal in this, which uh, which I kind of liked. Yeah, it's not his it's not his story. He's just adding a little uh, little seasoning on it. Yep. 
Let's see. And uh, what is it? Is it Cos- uh, Oswald calling uh, Umbrella Man? Yeah, he, he does. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we get Batman meeting up with uh, Oswald and uh, essentially telling him he's going to stop him. And uh, uh, Penguin, what does he say? Uh, I'll handle this. <laughs> he walks right up to him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, are you going to arrest me uh, for the war you started? Yes, uh, that I started. Hmm. Uh, let me tell you something, Batman. It was never about you. You always thought you were the one keeping the balance between control and chaos in Gotham. But I ran the crime in a city. What every good businessman understands is that one business can never become obsolete. So I supplied the tools of the trade to the Joker, the Riddler, the Scarecrow, but I never supplied them so much or so well that in the end you couldn't prevail. Mm-hmm. I would make my bank and trade uh, would continue at a well at a rate acceptable to the police and the populace statistically. Our crime rate was lower than Metropolis's. And he says, I did that. And uh, Batman didn't really have an answer for that. And uh, he says, uh, okay, the night's yours, but tomorrow you belong to me and uh, flaps away. And isn't that a funny concept too? It's like the Joker and Scarecrow and all of them are probably too short-sighted or crazy enough to not understand, mm-hmm. you know, that they couldn't prevail because they, they didn't have enough of any particular resource or anything, or, you know, they're just so short-sighted on their goals. So it's it's kind of funny when you think of it on how he puts it, and you're like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Of course, it is just grandstanding too, and it's him, you know, um, you know, flexing his particular muscles. So we don't know how much of it is actually true. That's true. That's a good point. Um, yeah, it's not short sighted is one way to put it. I'd say tunnel vision. Yeah, yeah. They they just they're so singularly focused on one particular aspect that all the details kind of fall to the wayside and the penguin clearly relied on that each and every time, according to what he's saying to Batman. So big question is, is that tunnel vision lead to the Batcave? <clears throat> I, I think wah, it did for... wah, wah. Oh, nice. Well, I think it did for Bane, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh... Jeez, sorry. Yeah, that was bad. It's okay. Everybody gets one. <laughs> uh, so, so it turns out one of the people that survived in Frida's group was a sharpshooter. Very nice. She, uh, she takes out a bunch of uh, uh, Umbrella Man's henchmen in the uh, the final battle here, and uh, we have Elliot going absolutely ape shit which is awesome yeah this is pretty nuts like he's just got what like a crowbar or like a piece of rebar or something he's just hitting people ethan ethan (laughs) is his name ethan his name is ethan the code word was elliot oh but uh buster calls him elliot oh is it a badass yeah oh is it elliot okay i'm I'm sorry my my bad we knew it started with an e so it's all good Yeah. yeah Some vowel, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, he, he has an affinity for uh, Reese's Pieces. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. One day, and one day he'll uh, he'll call home. 
<laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Is it gonna hurt? Is it gonna be painful? Yes, very painful. For you. <laughs> Uh, I can't wait till we do the Bane. I know. <laughs> I think that's that's too too away because I think Ra's al Ghul is before that one. I cannot wait. I'm going to be sitting there practicing. I'm going to drive my wife. Not to be like, okay, I need to say all these lines like this when I'm reading the book. Why? I'm having a bad day. Have, have you not listened to a single episode of the podcast we do? No, that's the wrong I, I know the answer already. You you don't like the show. <laughs> uh, I did the explosions. <laughs> uh so so we get the final showdown with uh Penguin and Umbrella Man. He's uh trying to talk to him, find out uh you know what happened. And Umbrella Man just uh, decides to whap the shit out of him. Whap, whap, whap. And, uh, you know, one thing, uh, it, definitely Penguin had a very humanistic look throughout the whole uh, whole book. You know, and, and him dealing with his emotions was definitely very, very human. And then we get to the final end here. And uh, we see Penguin, how we, we, you know, he got obviously got the shit beat out of him. Yeah, uh, definitely the the penguin that we're more familiar with, you know, the the birdish uh, animal. And uh, he just goes and just uh, rips a chunk out of uh, Umbrella Man's throat just uh, with his teeth. Nothing like sweet, sweet throat meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just need some ice cold water. It so, could be so- worse. <laughs> My nose could be gushing blood. <laughs> What? Ah! Oh man, he would he would be up in in the polls nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we come to the end here. It's uh, five months later. Uh, Penguin seems to be back on top, and uh, Batman comes to visit him, and. Uh, I thought it was one day later, but it's five months later. You know, Batman comes calling. We had a deal, Oswald, one night to handle your affairs. And then it was back to business as usual. And uh, Penguin says, funny, the uh, the way I recall our agreement, you would go into the night pretending you had some uh, some grip on the city while I once again took control of her illicit trades and uh batman how uh however you want to feed your ego like i said between you and me it's back to business as usual and uh batman you have no idea what you speak i have something i have not possessed in a long while friends and for us business will never be usual again it, it's funny too because obviously in front of Batman now Batman can get a file on every single one of these people and it's like that's kind of foolish that they would expose themselves out like that they've got to feel pretty damn smug to do it you know well, oh you know uh, 
So it sounds like we all really enjoyed this book. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I enjoyed I enjoyed it. I I mean, it's not hard to enjoy it more than Two-Face, that's for sure. Ugh. Yeah. Um I feel I feel like once again though, the Riddler really mm. nailed the one bad day part of this entire thing. Um <clears throat> they didn't lean into that. I mean, at least they touched upon it with the, the birthday party and, and, and what have you, but I still would have liked to see how that caused him to go about, you know, we, we caught Edward being driven to become the psychopath that, we know him as in, exactly. in the guise of the Riddler. Um, the Penguin, we see him broken and fallen from grace, for lack of a better term. And there's mention made of how he was he was bullied, uh, you know, in passing almost, in, in the briefest of flashbacks, and how he found out that the reason all these kids showed up and were being so nice to him at his birthday party was because his mother paid each kid a hundred dollars and made them promise not to say anything. Um, I would have liked to see <clears throat> how Oswald responded to that overall. And that definitively put him on the path to where he is. Um, it's still far, like it's still far more than we got from Two Face. Uh, that was that was lackluster. Um, I'd I say will, doubly bad. What's that? I'd say doubly bad. Ha! Doubly bad because it's Two Face. <laughs> His favorite gum is Spam and Doublemint. I mean Wrigley's Doublemint. It's the same shit, whatever. But uh, I I I mean. It, it, it it's it's a it's a good story regardless i mean i think if you take the one bad day part out of it and you just had it be a standalone penguin issue uh it makes far more sense yeah i agree without being under the banner of one bad day <clears throat> i just i don't know i it doesn't I, fit the mold of the killing joke at all at all uh so like i said so far only the riddler has done that yeah uh and maybe that's because inherently push comes to shove the origin of the riddler is more interesting than the origin of two-face and the origin of oswald cobblepot um that being said maybe it wasn't a great idea to pull you know so these particular rogues into this eight issue miniseries. Um, that being said, I mean, the next one we're going to cover, uh, I think might have a little bit more to do with the actual one bad day. Mm -hmm. um, that that'll be Mr. Freeze. Uh, you know, that dude, that dude had a very different, type of of startup uh to his quote criminal career because it wasn't uh, a freak accident or um you know violence or vengeance it's all because he he was dealing with a broken heart 
I, I like how he explains it too. And, and when we get to that part and all that, it's like we talk about subversion of expectations. It's all, you definitely think one thing and then it turns out to be another. You're like, Oh shit, he's a jerk you know, <laughs> or something or just like, Oh, what is going on here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a, a different Mr. Freeze than, than I'm used to. But no. before we get into that, but, but we'll, but we'll, we'll, we'll oh, touch sorry. on, we'll touch on okay. that in the, in yeah. the next episode. Uh, where we where we cover uh, Batman One Bad Day, Mister Freeze. I'm just saying comparatively. I think, you know, this this one definitely falls like it's the needles right in the middle. You know, we had we had Riddler, which was was pedal to the metal. Uh, then Two Face, the the gas was just completely eased up on, and somebody pulled the e brake. We get the bad side of the flip. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we got the scarred side of the coin exactly. And uh, with this one, I feel like we're we're at a midway point, um, and not it's not a bad story. Uh, I just don't see how thematically it lines up with you know everybody can have that one bad day that pushes them over. Okay, you need to show us that one bad day yeah. and what the direct result of that is, and we got half of that in this so you know points for you know e for effort <laughs> storyboard by Zack snyder what the oh, hell fucking crit <laughs> see what happens is batman bangs lois on the side oh come on <laughs> and then superman finds out she's pregnant and then he goes all cuckoo pants when dark side shows him he's like yeah let's kill them all big angry weird laser beam eye god from space well, at least he wasn't a cloud, you know. Still dirty birth to Netflix. <laughs> yes, well, if Rebel Moon is any indication, man, they should do that fast. Nope. For anybody <laughs> listening, I am shaking my head so vehemently, no. Whew, my neck hurts. So, Leo, do you want to wrap up this episode? We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll wrap it up. I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. You know me. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here. And, uh, you know, you, you have been watching The Dork Night. And I do a bunch of other shows, Splash Pages on Tuesdays and uh, uh, Midweek Geeks on Wednesdays. Also still Token on Wednesdays. And, uh, you know, these guys will clue you in on everything else. So, uh, Mr. Justin Koopa. Check us out in episode two of The Dork Night. Right, or you can check out my show, the Epic Tales from the Sewers, a TMNT podcast. So all about Ninja Turtles all the time, and then my other show about music called Generation Playlist, where we think of an artist or we think of a topic and we create a customized playlist based on that particular artist or genre. Awesome, powerful Brandon. Hey everyone, I'm Powerful Brandon, also known as Brandon Powers. Uh, if you want to check out Comics Paradox podcast, uh, I co-hosted with these two fine fellows we uh discuss all kinds of alternate reality tales such as dc's elseworlds or marvel's what ifs uh, as well as all kinds of different story arcs and and what have you from mini series uh to full-blown series like exiles or armageddon 2001 uh and they don't always cover uh dc and marvel either we 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 jump across uh, recently we just did a couple of mark miller books uh, wanted and nemesis those were fun and uh <laughs> if if you if you want to check out um 
the the podcast in full uh go to the website www.comicsparadox.com that's c-o-m-i-x-p-a-r-a-d-o-x.com uh we're also on instagram uh, at comics paradox podcast and uh you can check me out on social media as well uh i'm on instagram at this brandon has powers uh and twitter at brandon's powers and if you feel so inclined, come on over to the Facebook group Powers Combined. We're a consortium of dorks that like to get together and share news, jokes, memes, info, good times, and laughs to be had by all. Our number one rule there is don't be a jerk. If you violate that, you will be booted immediately. Aside from those things and here on the dark night, you can catch me uh, every Wednesday night on the Midweek Geeks show from the Dorkening Podcast Network. Uh, it's live streams at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and you can find any of these wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. Awesome. With that, we'll catch you later. Bye. Deuces.